if you're constantly saying to people, oh, you're amazing, well done, thank you, but there's no basis behind it, people have good fraud detectors. And if you're throwing it around everywhere but not actually genuinely meaning it from the heart, then sometimes it becomes insincere and not valuable. Welcome back to That Vet Life. In this episode, we're going back to season one to my conversation with the incredible Dr. Katie Ford. Katie is a veterinarian, speaker, coach, and all-around inspiring human who through her own challenges has found a new strength, which she shares with veterinary professionals through social media and her own platform, which you can find in the show notes. In this episode, we are talking about gratitude and the importance it holds in vet med. Listen along as Katie and I share our own experiences of identifying and actively engaging with gratitude in our daily lives and how you can too. I left this conversation feeling uplifted and I am so excited to share it with you. So let's jump into it. So hey, Katie, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I am super excited to talk about the things we're going to discuss today. I know. I think that we have the topic of gratitude on the table today. And I know both of us could probably chat about this for hours. So we're going to try and narrow it down into like gratitude within the veterinary profession and see where it goes from there. But before we get too much into that, I want to provide a little bit of space for you to tell your story. So who are you? So um, my name is Katie Ford. You might remember, well, might remember me from such Instagram accounts as uh, katieford.vet, but I'm a small animal veterinary surgeon. I graduated from Liverpool University in 2012. Um, I did my internal medicine certificate in 2016. And currently I'm working as a, a locum veterinary surgeon and also as a veterinary coach for other vets, nurses and vet professionals, helping them with preventative mindset strategies. Now, in terms of when you see all that on paper, that looks lovely. Um, in reality, there's been a lot of up and downs to my story in, in the background. Now, I think that could certainly be a whole other podcast episode on its own, but I'll tell you, I struggled with a lot of self-doubt type thoughts. I, I had times where I was crippled with perfectionism, with imposter syndrome, and despite being a huge success on the outside, internally things were a mess and luckily through my journey I managed to find a lot of strategies including gratitude that massively massively helped me with that and turned things around from a point where I'll be completely honest and full disclosure where I didn't want to carry on to where I am now where honestly I have an amazing life and like I said it's not because a huge amount of things have changed on the outside it's mainly that I worked on my mindset game so like I say my actual ins and outs of my story and the overall strategy of how I cope with life and what gives me the the good life that I've got now is something called broadband consciousness but that definitely warrants its own podcast so today one of those those fingers as it were of uh, of the puzzle will be gratitude. And I think everybody's going to get so much value from this. I think so too. And you do have such a powerful story that I think so many people can, can connect with on different levels. So I know with time, um, people will come to know your story more, but I do want to, want to encourage them to go and check out your Instagram, which you said was katieford.vet. That way people can, they can kind of be scrolling through your feed and 
just getting a little bit more of an idea of who you are um, while they're listening to this. So if you guys have your phones or you're on your uh, computer, go to Instagram, type in katieford.vet and start scrolling because like it is literally just post after post after post of like inspiring, encouraging and challenging content, which like it just feeds happiness every single day, I think. Oh, that's so lovely of you to say. Thank you so much. When when I hear feedback like that, honestly, it just makes me want to carry on with it. We A lot of, as we say, what I post on, on my Instagram and my story comes down to us all having the same little negative voice in our head. And it comes back to me still every day. Don't bother doing this. Why do you bother? I discredit it. I don't trust its opinion. I, I don't value it. But I carry on because I know what a difference. The messages, the comments, everybody feels the same. They certainly do. Yeah, everybody goes through those kind of ups and downs in their life. And just to know you're not alone in it is probably like the biggest thing. And of course, that comes back to this theme of community, which if you've been following along with either myself or with Katie, you know that there's this big thing called the Vetstagram community. And I was so excited when I saw you launch that uh, meetup coming up. When is it like end of March sometime, right? yeah march 21st in manchester yeah Yeah, i'm super excited yeah so if you guys are in the uk side of things like that is something you need to get involved in it is just absolutely incredible the kind of community we've been able to foster um within the veterinary within the veterinary community but on instagram so so many good things happening there but today of course we're focusing on gratitude which has played a large part in your own story and with, honestly, I feel like everybody's story at this point is just identifying what is gratitude and what does it mean within the veterinary profession. So you mentioned a little bit about how gratitude played a role in your story, but like, what would you say you define gratitude as for yourself? For me... I define gratitude certainly as being thankful and actually taking the time to sit and consciously give credit and give value to the things that we already have. A lot of my story was chasing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, feeling like gratitude now is there to help me know what I've got, put value towards it, put my attention to it. Whereas previously, my life was on a delayed payment plan. It was kind of like, you'll be happy when you've got this. I'd get it. And then there'd be like a, a fleeting happiness for it. Whereas gratitude keeps rezoning you back into those things again. So whether it's using some of the techniques that we talk about today, or whether it's just consciously being like, you know what, that little voice in my head will always compare me to someone who's got more and who's got bigger and has got better, but it will never compare you down to somebody like we play this game of oh look how many more qualifications have got than me, but it'll never say look at those other eleven people that didn't get into vet school when you applied. It's madness. So gratitude to me just keeps refilling up that cup of energy, as it were, and just it gives you calm to realise, you know what, things are good. Like I've got a roof over my head, I've got friends and family, I've got food, I've got running water, I've got electricity. They're all major things. So gratitude for me, yep, I describe it in one phrase probably as just refilling my energy cup. No, I think that is wonderful. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking for myself, I was like, what does gratitude like, mean for me in my veterinary path? 
And part of it I was realizing is that a lot of like the things that we have gratitude for, at least for me, like it doesn't come from things that I have done. It's not like, oh, I, I can be grateful for this because I worked hard and I got to here. It's like, no, a lot of this stuff has come from just like sources outside of myself. And that's why I can be even more grateful for why I have them. Do you feel similar? Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Definitely. And sometimes it's just such the most basic things that taking the time to be grateful for them is so powerful. Because interestingly, I was talking to one of my own coaches this morning and she was explaining that her daughter's grandma was in hospital. She's currently there at the moment, very unwell, um, at a point where they're eating her last rites and she's really really not well they're spending time talking to her at the points where she's able to talk but she said it makes you realize it's such a reminder that this lady spent all her life worrying about being massively house proud making herself be as beautifully done up for the external world as she could do doing her nails doing her face making herself presentable but in those last times that she's got, the things that were so important to her were her friends, her family. She didn't care how she was dressed or how she looked or what she'd done in her life. All that she wanted at that point was to be with her granddaughter and um, with her daughter-in-law and, and see her family. And it's things like that that remind me just, you know, we need to be grateful for the simplest of things, you know. And it's not even just that, we'll come on to it, but there's evidence to back this up. It's not just a bit of woo-woo, crazy, let's sit there and all sink on by our cross-legged by the campfire and be grateful for what we've got. <laughs> there's, there's evidence for it. No, certainly. And then looking at this through the lens of veterinary medicine, how do you think gratitude plays such a powerful role for veterinary professionals as compared to um, say some other roles in the world? I think the closest parallels that we can draw are going to be from the medical profession where they've started actually looking at the physical research towards gratitude interventions, as they call them, on their medical staff in terms of stress reduction, depression scores, and they've actually found significant positive influence of actively practicing gratitude. Now, there was one study where they looked at, I think it was about 108 people um, in a medical hospital. They've got a mixture of clinicians, nurses, um, occupational therapists as well. And all that they made them do, it was so simple, was for four weeks, twice weekly, they just had to write down for five minutes about events that had happened that they were grateful for. And that might have been, um, they, they had to justify it as well. They had to put a why, why they were grateful for it. But it was from, I'm really grateful that my colleague switched shifts with me. So it meant that I could go to this wedding to, I'm really grateful that my patient's doing better to, um, I got a really nice thank you card from one of my patients. And the improvement that they saw after that four weeks was a significant reduction in perceived stress levels, which again, as the veterinary profession, it is a profession that's known for potentially stressful situations. And they also followed up with those people three months later after finishing the study as well. And at that point, their stress levels were still reduced. They, the only limitation to the study was they didn't find out whether these people carried on for those next three months, still doing the gratitude journaling. But 
they found that depression scores reduced even further three months down the line. Now, I think that's got huge scope for us as a profession because there are so many parallels between the medical profession and the vet profession in terms of the stresses in our jobs. And this is simple stuff. This is twice a week for four weeks. This isn't doing it every day, which again was one of their noted limitations of it is that because we are a profession that that voice is very pushed towards perfectionism and if you don't do it every single day religiously then we're clearly getting it wrong twice a week it's not that you have to do a gratitude journal every day so I think for the veterinary profession starting to look at those other bits of research from other professions is so powerful and that's what I want to try and open people's eyes to look what differences could make yeah, so it's like more of an awareness is what people need because everybody has the capability to do it. It's just do they know that this is something very, very simple that they can do? Absolutely. And I mean, we've got to think in our profession that gratitude goes in two ways as well. There's the gratitude of the individual. So there's always looking at journaling tasks, whether that's that you're going to write three things that you're grateful for in the morning and think about why, whether you're just going to think about them, whether you're going to do it twice a week, whether you're going to aim to do it every day, but not beat yourself up about it when you don't, because the evidence is still there that it works. Or whether you want to practice just moment to moment gratitude, you know, through the day, I'm just going to keep checking back in with myself. Am I going to just, when it hits the hour, if I happen to see the clock, I'm just going to consciously acknowledge a few things I'm grateful for and get yourself into the gratitude attitude. And the other way in which it goes is on an employer to employee basis, showing gratitude from the employer to the employee has been shown to improve job satisfaction and retention rates and actually saying, look, and meaning it, you're doing a good job. So gratitude has so many different levels in which it can be integrated in the profession, but with so many benefits, it's it's insane. The more that you look, the more that you go down the research rabbit hole, as it were, there's studies from all sorts, reduced stress, reduced depression scores, increased smiling, decreased anger, increased positive emotions, decreased heart rate variability, decreased stress and depression, like we said. I mean, if somebody was to say to you, all of these benefits are available at any time, absolutely free and can be performed anywhere in the world. Anything else other than gratitude, people would be like, right, sign me up. Yep. And it's there and it's waiting. No, I, I totally hear that. Now, just before we get on with the show, a quick word from our sponsor, which is the Thrive community from us here at Venex. If you're struggling with managing time, feeling like you're an imposter or burning out, then you need to make a change. The good news is you are not broken. You're not a bad fit for the profession. Much more likely you are missing some super important foundational skills no one is teaching at university. Skills that you will learn as part of our Vetex community. The Thrive Community is a race-accredited professional skills course where members receive training, toolkits, and one-to-one coaching to develop these skills. So join hundreds of other vets who've changed their careers for the better as a Thrive member. To learn more and find out if the class is a good fit for you, visit vetexinternational.com today. Now back to the show. So I hope you enjoyed part one 
now we're going to get back to part two of that vet life podcast over to you mo it's almost like we need to take a childlike approach to it because i think of like small kids where every single second of the day like you'll be walking down the street and they'll be like they'll just stop and they'll be like and you're like what and you're deep in your own thoughts and they're like look a bug or look it's sunny and you're like oh oh yeah (laughs) so just as you were saying that moment by moment and being like oh yeah in each moment like they don't even think about it kids don't necessarily have to stop and think oh i need to look for something to be grateful for it's like instantly they just do it I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. And what we've got to think about is through our lives, we've been so conditioned to put our attention to things that potentially aren't that significant. It's like when we've gone through school and we've gone through vet school and we've gone through adult life, it's kind of like our attention from the fact that we're here has been pulled away. Like, don't look at the fact that you're here and you defied the odds and like I say on a lot of my posts, scientists researched and the odds of you landing on this planet as a human being, minimum one in 400 trillion, which is the same as flipping a coin 30,000 times in a row and it always landing on its edge. But we we don't put conscious attention on that. We just were conditioned to, you need a better car, you need a better job, you need to do this, you need to do this degree, then you need a bigger house. So we stop looking at the little things. Like Einstein said, you can either believe that everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. And the trouble is, we all listen to that voice in our heads. We all get our attention diverted. And you're 100% right. Like children, happiest children, happiest people in the world, they laugh hundreds of times a day. They're running down the road, skipping. And I don't see any of them with a paid off mortgage. Yeah, that's that's what everybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to pay my student loan off. Well, that kid has zero student loans and he's phenomenally happy. I'm not saying don't get student loans, but just, you're absolutely right. Going back to that childlike state of, wow, this this is amazing. And I'll tell you one like anecdotal story of gratitude for me is um, two weeks on Friday um, ago, I had surgery. And just as I was going in for the surgery, which was under general anesthetic, that little voice in my head was like, Psst, what if you die? What if you die? You know that people die under anesthetic. And you know what a really useful skill to have is sometimes when that voice is putting your attention to something, flip it on its head. I was like, thank you for that because you've actually massively drawn my attention to how much I love my life because you threatening to take it away. I was in my house before I was going to the surgery and I was like, oh my God, I really love my house and I love my cats and I love my other half and I haven't taken enough time just to sit here and be like, wow, I did this. Like I created this. This was this was me and I don't give it enough conscious thought even though I'm a very, I'm a person that does practice gratitude phenomenally frequently. It was just that reminder and it is mad that we just get our attention drawn away from us all the time. Like there's a an absolutely brilliant um, graduation speech called This Is Water. I don't know if you've ever um, listened to it. No, not yet. Yeah, you definitely need to check that one out. I can't remember the name of the guy, which makes me a terrible human being for not remembering his name, but it is brilliant where he's saying all this stuff is going on all the time um, and it's fish. And then he's like, you don't realize that you're swimming in this water. You don't see it because it's become normal to you. You've become so drawn into being dull and depressed in the supermarket and responding to events that you've become conditioned to. And he's like, 
this is water. You don't realise it's all around you all the time. So it's brilliant. I'd um, definitely, definitely recommend that people go and look that one up. Okay, and I think I will also be going and look that one up after this episode. Because <laughs> it sounds wonderful. Definitely. And I mean, in terms of obviously the profession as a whole, like we're saying, I do know that a lot of the bigger companies are trying to incorporate gratitude more. And I know certainly most people that are trying to listen to this are more likely going to be individuals rather than people that higher up in corporate levels, for example, or higher up in practice levels. But rest assured, I think people are slowly waking up to the fact that gratitude is something important. And if anybody is listening from those levels, I mean, the research certainly shows that one-to-one communication and actually being sincere and specific are the biggest, biggest things about making gratitude work when you're giving it out to other people. If you're constantly saying to people, oh, you're amazing, well done, thank you, but there's no basis behind it, people have good fraud detectors. And if you're throwing it around everywhere but not actually genuinely meaning it from the heart, then sometimes it becomes insincere and not valuable. So if you are giving gratitude to other people, which I definitely implore that people do, be specific with it. I'm really grateful that you did this because of this. Thank you. And mean it. Like I say, I don't think many people are going to be out for giving fake or fraudulent gratitude to people, but just that would be my tip if you're going to give it out. Just be 100% sincere about it. No, I hear that. And like if you're someone who's receiving something like that, you can feel it like it just makes you feel all warm and happy rather than being like, cool, thanks. Like it's just it has to do with like the facial expression and the tone of voice and everything in the way if you're doing it sincerely, like people can detect that. And it's equally so they can detect it if you're being fraudulent about it, like you said. And I think my one other thing to add about like this whole gratitude before we go into how do we implement this in our lives is this whole thing where gratitude just seem, for myself seems to just, it changes my outlook. Instead of it being like listening to the little voice in my head about me being like, oh, I need to worry about this. And it's just like a me, 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 me kind of center. Gratitude says, no, stop and look at the world around you and focus your attention on the people around you, on the environment around you. Because when you stop putting the magnifying glass on yourself, like, everything just opens up. And that's what I found for myself. Definitely. And you know what the really interesting thing is that, again, the science to back that up, um, I don't know how much you've read about the reticular activating system, um, if you've ever heard of that previously Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. So for any listeners that haven't, basically it is a section of your brain that dictates what you put your conscious attention to. So when, for example, if you've been looking for a new car, and you've been putting your attention to that, then suddenly you feel like you see that car everywhere. It might not have been that there's more of that car around, but you're, you've been thinking about it and putting your attention on it that your subconscious then is like, right, this is what the brain wants to put its attention towards. Same goes if you just learn a new word, then you hear that word everywhere. Or the same way that you can pick your name out of a crowd. If someone says your name, suddenly your ears prick up and you hear it. So when you're putting your attention towards gratitude and what could I be putting in my gratitude journal tonight or what am I grateful for, you start retuning your physiology, you start retuning your brain towards what you're going to see. Like there's there's a really cool exercise if anyone wants to kind of demonstrate this to people. Um, It's a Tony Robbins exercise. I 
again, I always put it on Instagram, but I think it's really important that you um, you cite people if, if you're using their stuff. But he gets everybody to look around the room and he says, right, I want you to look around the room and I want you to look at everything that's blue. Find me everything that's blue. And then I'm going to get you to close your eyes, gets them to close their eyes and says, look, now I need you to tell me everything that you saw that was red. And they put their attention so much towards the blue that they zoned out the red. Now then he says, he does it a second time and he says, right, now look for everything that's red, which they do. And then he says, close your eyes now. Now tell me everything that's red. And he says, I bet you gave me everything that was coral, everything that was red, everything that was maroon, everything that was pink, everything that just about fitted into that filter that you've put just because you were looking for it. So when we line ourselves up for gratitude, like you say, you start tuning your brain into it. Like I've done this as um, an exercise with some of the, the VETEC students where I a mentor for Dave Nichol. And at first people are like, I want to try and put something different every day, but I can't think of anything. And towards the end of our challenge that we did, people were like, they were so much hotter on it because every day, the stuff that you can put down because you're looking for it. Whether it's that you're grateful that you've got a roof over your head, whether you're grateful that somebody made you a cup of tea, whether you're grateful that your patient was doing better. Once you start looking, like you said before, you get this childlike love of the world where you're like, oh my God, look at the sun. Like, look how amazing the sky looks. Oh my goodness, it's it's such a nice, beautiful day today. And again, without wanting to sound too like Kumbaya sitting by the campfire, it changes your view of the world. You're just realigning your, your physiology and your view. Mm-hmm. It really does change everything. And that's something that I wish I could give to every single person, just like slap a sticker on their head and they're like, boom, you got it. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And as you've been repeating over and over again, it takes work. It takes time. So what are some of the tools that we can give people within the veterinary profession? Let's say, let's look at a group of like people like myself, final year vet students. That'll be our, our target audience at the moment. Um, what are tips and techniques that they can use to start integrating and training their brain uh, for gratitude? I'd certainly say the number one thing would be journaling. This is really straightforward. All that you need is a pen and paper. Now, I personally prefer actually handwriting journaling because I'm putting more conscious attention on it rather than texting it on my phone and then suddenly finding that I'm distracted by something on Instagram or Facebook. And I make it really simple. I'll do five things that I'm grateful for and I think about why. And again, if I have a day when it's really busy and I haven't done it, I don't let that voice beat me up about it because your attention just went to something else that day. You get back on it the next day. The other things, especially for new graduates and final year vet students that I think is brilliant is write down some lists of wins from the day, things that went well. And again, you tune in your RAS system in your brain to look for those things. So often that little voice in your head likes to dive for the rubbish through the day and to list those. Whereas we can do something called pearl diving. We can look for the pearls and go and find those from the day. And then that's what you end up putting your attention to. So you're putting good things in. It might even just be, I managed to get the IV catheter in today. I survived the day, even at a very basic level. Like once you start looking for those things, you build a solid foundation to build it on. So my number one thing would be 
journaling. Don't make it a big task that you're worried about. Um, even what I found really, really powerful at the beginning of starting journaling was having an accountability partner. I grabbed someone else who wanted to do the same and I used to send them a picture of my journal every night and they'd send me a picture of theirs. So that'd be the first thing. Um, <clears throat> certainly from there, the other things that we can look at is what we put into life is what we get out. Now, one of my mentors, and it's, it's quite a funny analogy of it, but he calls it the sausage machine. So he says, if you imagine you've got this big sausage machine, so you put beef in, beef out, tofu in, tofu out, chicken in, chicken out. What happens is everybody wants success and happiness and peace, gratitude, but the ingredients that are so often put in by that negative voice are frustration, hard work, stress, worry. So everybody puts those ingredients in at one end of the sausage machine and stands at the other waiting for something different to come out. And Richard Wilkins that um, came up with the sausage machine analysis, he always says, we've got to be creators and stop being waiters. So success, you start putting success in by listing your wins and putting your attention on those and feeling like a success. And at the very end of the day, going back to our one in 400 trillion, how much more of a success can you ever be? You got here. You're alive. <laughs> and again, the previous me before all of the journey that I went on, that voice in my head would be like, what a load of rubbish. But it's science and it's proven. Like you could have been here as a pot plant. You could have been here as a, a cat or a lizard, but you came here as you, the only you in this universe. How much more special do you want to be? So when we start looking at the ingredients that we're putting in, that phenomenally changes your life. And one of the things I always say about the sausage machine to people and everyone that I coach uses a sausage machine is just put the good in with zero expectations of it coming straight back out. Because what people do is they put the gratitude in and in a week they don't feel like they've seen a difference and like this doesn't work. You just need to have faith that it will. Because I can tell you so many amazing things have happened in my life since I started putting the good things in with no expectation of immediate return. So they're two really good starting points. Yeah, I think I, that last point of not having some kind of grand expectation that it'll instantly happen or you're doing it in order to like have this big grandiose result is just no, you're being intentional and you're looking at it moment to moment. Um, and I think that is so important for the long term. And that's 100% it. You just think that you're sowing the seeds. You don't know what happens to those seeds once you've sowed them. A bird might pick one up and take it three fields away and something is starting to happen somewhere. And that's what I think about my Instagram content. Sow the seeds. The good will come back eventually. And again, that voice in my head would have hated this years ago. But this has made my life brilliant. And that's what I want to share with people. And I think that is so incredibly awesome. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also, don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the VEDEX community for free to get access to a bonus version of this show. 
You'll also get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also, leaving a review of the show on iTunes would be greatly appreciated because, again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Bet Life.